tomorrow night, quite a few kilometers from here, a little bit ways down the road, the Hamilton Ticats will be kicking off a new season with, once again, the highest of hopes that it is all going to fall into place and that for the first time since 1999, a Grey Cup parade will be taking place down, well, I was going to say possibly King, but there may be some LRT construction, so maybe Main Street uh, at some point coming up in the late winter. Joining me to talk about this, uh, the author of The Scratching Post, uh, beat writer for The Spectator, creator and moderator of Three Down Nation, probably does a few other things on the side, Drew Edwards. Drew, thanks for doing this tonight. Hey, Scott. How are you? I'm all right. It's uh, the night before the season opener. Um, let's start with the usually the thing we ask last. What's your prediction for tomorrow? Uh, I like the Ticats in this game, I think. Um Going on the road, um, I think I think Mazzoli's going to be better uh, than people sort of expect him to be. I think the Argos are going to be, uh, you know, pumped up facing that uh, their new home crowd and that sort of thing. So I like the Ticats week one. Why not? Well, is this Ticats team, from what you've seen through training camp now, is this Ticats team better or worse than the team that faced Ottawa in the final game of last season? Um, I don't know. Uh, honestly, I think that's really hard to tell because there's been so much change, right? I mean, on the defensive side of the ball in particular, I think seven of the 12 starters uh, from from last year's team are gone. Um, and on the offensive side, it's a little bit better, but still, there's been a lot of turnover there. Now, the guys that have come in are, are decent players, good players, maybe even great players, but I don't know if we know how they're going to gel or come together. Uh, especially when they're going. So um, I, I think it's really hard to sort of you know, get a, a clear sense as to what the identity of this team is going to be in the short term. And, and I think in the long term they're going to be okay, but I think uh, it could take some time to figure it all out. Well, every year before the season starts, uh, and I think you and I have now done this two or three times at least, um, I've said to you, I've asked you the same question, I've said the quarterback clearly is the guy who can least – afford to be injured for the for the Ticats for them to be successful. We've already taken care of that because Zach Caleros is already out to start the year. So leaving him aside, who on this team right now can the Ticats least afford to lose to an injury? One or two guys? Well, I think Jeremiah Mazzoli would be at the top of that list too. Uh, to be honest with you, I think um, you know if, if Mazzoli goes down, you're looking at uh, Jeff Matthews potentially. And I got to say a little bit last season, but again, not a not a proven track record. And then behind him, you've got Jake Waters, who's yet to take a CFL snap in a regular season game. That's not ideal by any stretch of the imagination. Um, in terms of the other worst-case scenario, I think you always look at Canadians, right, because your seven starting Canadians are the hardest to find, and uh, already the Tigers are, you know, have been dealt a blow there, too, because Teleron's going to miss this game with, the, with an injury as well. So, uh, you know, injuries to guys like Andy Van Toos would be problematic, according to Steven. Um, and I think, you know, someone like Simone Lawrence, who does so much for them on defense and is such a versatile guy, I think, you know, he's probably the heart and soul of that defense and probably the best defensive player. I think losing him for any period of time hurt as well. How how quick uh, how quick a trigger do you think Ken Austin is going to have with his quarterbacks? You talk about Mazzoli, talk about Jeremiah Mazzoli, and last year when the playoffs came, man, he looked very, very good. Way, I mean, way more than we had seen in the past. So if he comes out and he's great, uh, you know, it's not a very difficult decision. You let him play. But what if he struggles a bit? How quick do you think Ken Austin is going to be to make a change? Uh, 
I don't think he's going to be particularly quick to make a change, at least in the you know early going. I, I, the thing that that always upsets Austin and gets him to pull quarterbacks traditionally over the last few years has been turnovers. So if Missouri's struggling to throw on the football, if his completion percentage isn't great or the offense isn't moving, uh, they're taking two and outs and things like that. I mean, Austin will live through that, and I think he'll. We saw that in the, in the playoff game against Toronto, right? I mean, early, in the early going, Mazzoli really struggled getting the offense moving, but didn't really turn the ball over. So Austin left him in there, sort of let him work it out a little bit, and then you know the last six quarters of of Mazzoli's you know 2015 were were close to spectacular. So I think Austin will stick with 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 Mazzoli as long as he's not fumbling the football or throwing interceptions hand over fist and. Uh, you know, that was the case with Matthews as well, right? It was it wasn't it was the turnovers that ultimately got Matthews pulled and replaced by Corey Harris and then ultimately Mazzoli. So that seems to be the one thing that uh, sparks Kent to make a change. While we're on the offense, uh, I think I asked you this last time you were here, but it was right near the beginning of training camp. Uh, you do have a new offensive coordinator. Defensive coordinator is the same. Orlando Steinauer. Everybody, I think, knows kind of what to expect from him. How has Steph Patasic yet, because he's still new, has he been in any way able to put his stamp on this, or is he right now the extension of Kent Austin? Yeah, I think that's probably the, the best description of it. I think that Patrick's learning curve is, is pretty steep. Um, so I, I think what you're going to see, at least in the early going, is is, is a lot of, of Kent Austin's offense and a lot of Kent Austin play calling. And then we'll see how, how Patrick does as things move along. But right now... Uh, I think it's it's mostly often. One of the oddest things that I think we're going to see tomorrow, because I mean, not there had the games haven't been televised for the uh, they've been they've been streamed, but a lot of people haven't really seen the Tie Cats so far in this spring. Uh, the oddest thing I think we're going to see in the game tomorrow is Chad Owens wearing a mm-hmm. Tie Cat uniform. Uh, what do you expect when he goes back to Toronto tomorrow? Well, I think he's going to be fired up. I think Owens is. Uh... You know, Owens wasn't very happy with the way things ended in Toronto, clearly. Uh, you know, I think he really had anticipated and hoped that he would, would finish his career with the Argos, given his history there. And I think he was very disappointed not to get a contract offer uh, from the Argos and, and to be basically told that they were moving on from him. So is he motivated playing his old team? Absolutely. I don't have any question about that. Um, Owens is a guy that plays with a lot of emotion anyway, so... I'm not sure how much more emotion you can play with when you're a guy hmm. like that, but uh, you, you know certainly I think that he he'd love to stick it to his old team in the same way that I think there are some other guys on the other side of the football, uh, Brian Hall, former sidecat, Justin Hickman, uh, guy who plays here for a while. I think I don't think those guys are particularly happy with how their exits went from Hamilton either. So. Uh, I, I think there's some uh, there's some hard feelings on both sides. Let's put it that way. Again, tiny, tiny, insignificant sample size. What we've seen, but how has Chad Owens looked at camp? Uh, good, I think he's. I think he's slimmed down a little bit. He doesn't look quite as uh, thick, and bulky as he may have the last few years. Um, you know, I think as as a guy ages, um, particularly a guy like Owens, who relies so much on his on his speed, you worry about that burst, that initial. Uh, you know that the separation that he needs to get from defenders. Uh, I think the Tigers have been pleasantly surprised by uh, the shape he's in and and how much juice seems to be left in the tank. So, uh, yeah, I think he's looked fine. And again, like you say, I mean, he didn't play 
didn't play much in the preseason, right? He played a little bit in the second game, but none in the first. So, um, and the thing you worry about with older players too isn't necessarily how they start, but how they finish, mm-hmm. right? The season takes a toll on guys, and I think that you know what what Owens looks like in week thirteen might be a better indication of how things are going for him age-wise. In the in practice, though, in training camp, has he essentially been playing the same role, the same positioning, the same kind of schemes that he was doing in Toronto? Is that is that ultimately how they're using him, the same as he was used in Toronto? Yeah, I think he's, gonna, you know, he's been an inside guy, slot guy for the Argos for, for quite some time, and that's the role he's going to play here, too. I mean, I think the way the Ticats are, are lining up their receivers, they've got two Kane receivers, right? So Fantuz is one, obviously, and then Spencer Watt, a guy who missed all last year with the Achilles injury, he's the other one. So uh, Watt's sort of playing that far outside field position um, that, generally speaking, doesn't get a lot of targets. I mean, the Ticat offense moves guys around so much that you might see Watt more than you would normally a field wide receiver. But, uh, you know, he's playing out there. And then you have Terrence Tolliver who's playing sort of that boundary wide receiver position uh, you know, closest to the sideline uh, on the short side. So then you, inside you got your three slot guys, and that's going to be, uh, you know, uh, Owens, uh, Fantuz, and, and obviously Luke Tasker. And then we'll see some speedy banks from time to time as well. Every great Ticat team that I can think of going back for I don't know how long has always, one of the strengths of the team has always been the guys on the ends who have been able to create the mayhem for the other teams in the backfield, the Covingtons and the Monfords and all those guys. Last couple of years, the Ticats have had tons of guys with ability, tons of guys with talent at that position, but they've basically been racked by injuries half the time. Those guys, are they healthy this year? Is this a, is this a part of the team that is going to be a strength of the team or is this a question mark? Well, I mean, the guys that have done it the last few years are gone, right? I mean, no more Justin Hickman, uh, uh, no more Eric Norwood. So the, the familiar names, the familiar faces are, are no longer with the club. So you're looking at a guy like John Chick, who was Defensive Player of the Year in the CFL in 2009. Uh, he got let go by the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in the sour cap move and signed quickly with the Tiger Cats. So he's going to play one side. and Again, like like Owens, I think the questions with Chick are more about how much he has left in the tank at, as he sort of gets into his early 30s. Uh, and then the other side, you know, Adrian Tracy's a guy I think that showed a little bit last year, but but battled injuries. But he's a guy I think that that Tigers expect big things from. I think the anticipation is he's going to be an elite level uh, defensive end. So uh, we'll see how how he does. There are a couple of guys behind him. Daniel Johnson, he had a pretty good training camp. He's banged up right now. Uh, there are some other guys on the roster who I think might get a chance as time goes on, but I think they're hoping that, that Tracy and Chick are sort of the answer at the defensive end. And certainly, and John Chick, uh, you know, he's been an all-star a couple of different times. Uh, as we said, you know, defensive player of the year in 2009. He's a proven pass rusher, so he'd be your he'd be your Monford Covington type personality if he can if he can sort of play at that level that he's sort of. I've uh, been accustomed to you over the years. The other issue, the other question mark real area, I think, of this team, because it got put together reasonably late, is the kicking game. What is the kicking game looking like now? Well, it's Brett Mahar. So it's one guy, uh, it's a, you know, a pretty even-keeled kid from uh, from Indiana, and uh, he's, he, you know, he's he just, you know, kicked Cody Mandel in, in training camp. He's been basically part of... Uh, casting call that started, man, like in April, right? I mean, the Ticats brought in close to a dozen specialists, kickers, punters, 
uh, lawn stampers at a, for a workout at the Tim Hortons Field back in April. And uh, Mahar was one of those guys. And then he was here at rookie camp, our OTAs. And, you know, then he made it all the way through training camp. And, and the thing with Mahar is that I think he's just gotten better and better over that period of time. Certainly since I've watched him, he's gotten uh, – his puns got more consistent. His leg strength seems to have picked up uh, as camp's gone on, and he's become sort of even – you know, he's become more reliable. He's a guy that sort of was dealing with a pretty significant injury when he was in uh, Ottawa. So he, you know, kicked there in 2014 and did a pretty decent job and then – suffered a torn labrum in his hip and sort of battled back from that and just never really was able to get back to that, that level last year. He was in Ottawa for a bit and then in Winnipeg for a bit. But seems to be 100% fully healthy again. So knows the Canadian game and I think has a disposition that you know, Austin and, and special teams coordinator Jeff Reinbold likes. So is he Justin Medlock? No. Uh, but the thing about Medlock, you know, and I, I love the guy as a person and he was certainly a terrific field goal kicker. Uh, but that's that was his strength, clearly his strength. And even though he sort of has the highest, uh, you know, accuracy rate in CFL history, and that's not nothing to sniff at, the other facets of his game, including punting and kickoff, not as strong. And I think Titans are hoping that Mahar is sort of a more well-rounded guy, even if he isn't going to sort of bang it through at a 90% range uh, like Medlock did, uh, that overall his game will be better. That being said, the first time Mahara misses one from 45, people are going to be screaming about losing Medlock. So <laughs> of course they just, will. That's just the way it goes, right? Uh, but one thing Medlock always said in his time, well, when I say always said, they weren't in Tim Horton's field all that long, but he, he talked about how it was difficult to kick in there. Um, Ivor Wynn was tricky. Tim Horton's field seems to be trickier. Has has um, Mahar been able to get there much as he had many reps at Tim Horton's field? Because training camp was generally at uh, at McMaster. Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny. When, when the Tigers brought in all those guys in April, uh, they brought them to Tim Horton's field, right? And normally when you do kicking workout in April, you do that in Florida. Or you do it in California, or you do it in Texas, or you do it in somewhere where it's bright and sunny outside. You don't do it in April in Ontario because the weather's, unreliable to say the least right um but they wanted they they wanted that they wanted kickers to be in that stadium and in that environment and uh from what i understand the wind howled pretty good both days so i think mahar's uh being able to experience some of that now the weather's been pretty good this week and this has been the first week that they've actually been in tim hortons field although the the otas uh at the end of april were also at the stadium but it is going to take mahar some time to figure it out like um you know, I think Medlock really understood the wins really well at Tim Hortons Field by the time he was done. Um, you know, the thing about Tim Hortons Field that makes it unique, like the wind blows heavy in a number of stadiums across the league. It blows heavy in Winnipeg and blows heavy in Saskatchewan, Calgary too. Um, so that's not unique. What's unique about Tim Hortons Field is that the wind isn't consistent. So, you know, there can be certain situations where, you know, a, a ball hit at a certain point between the uprights goes one way, and if it's on another plane, it goes a different way. And uh, those things take a little bit of time to figure out. They're all actually it's different at either end as well. So it, 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 it's, the wind's not consistent, and so it, it takes some time to sort of figure out the nuances. Uh, and so Mahar may struggle with that a little bit, at least in the early going. But he seems, uh, you know, he's a bright guy, and he seems to have a good disposition for it. So the other thing about the winds in that stadium is it has a tendency to get in the kicker's heads, right? We saw that with San mm-hmm. Angeles. So I think I think Mahar will be. If not immune to that, I think, you know, capable of dealing with it at the very least. Drew, I got 10 seconds. The Ticats' first game of the year is in Toronto. 
The last game of the CFL season this year is in Toronto. Will Hamilton be back there as well again? Uh, I think they got a pretty good chance, man. I think if Claros comes back, you know, and is the old Claros and, and uh, is fully healthy, then he'll certainly give them every opportunity to get back to the promised land. Drew Edwards of The Spectator, of Scratching Post, of Three Down Nation, of a variety of other websites available to you, most of them of the clean variety, I think. All family-friendly. All family-friendly. Drew, thanks for doing this. Okay, thanks.